Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Welcome to Face to Face. This is a show about change and about what's next. It's a show that wants to ask questions, peel back the layers of our average everyday experience, and go beyond scratching the surface. We interview amazing people with incredible ideas and stories who have done wild, weird, and wonderful things. Remember that imagination shared create collaboration, and collaboration creates community, and community inspires social change. I'm David Peck, and this is Face to Face. This next film is about something that we can't really see. Uh, this is a film called uh, Something in the Air. It's a CBC piece that you can uh, check out online from Zoot Pictures, and Leif Calder is here to talk with us uh, about this film. Married to Leslie Mayer, uh, somebody who was a guest on Face to Face not that long ago uh, about her film, Losing Our Religion. This is a, I really enjoyed this. It's hosted by David Suzuki. This, this has a very sort of empirical and scientific kind of approach uh, and, and um, you know, backed up by studies and, and interviews and so on about, about nanoparticles. How fascinating is that, right? Well, I'm telling you, it's, it's really fascinating. And it's something you're going to want to watch because, you know, we are potentially on the edge. Not potentially. I, I mean, I think we are, as the film will tell you. We're on the edge of a global crisis. And this is about pollution. This is about air quality. This is about dementia and about mental health. It's about asthma and how, uh, check this out, according to a doctor in Mumbai, there are no non-smokers in India. What does that even mean? This is about behavior change and, and it's about, you know, we even get into things like fossil fossil fuels and olfactory nerves. And, and, and did you know that you take around 28,000 breaths each and every day? Epa genetic change. What What is that and how does it even uh, mean anything to my life on a day-to-day basis? You're going to want to look into this. Uh, it, 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 it's airing on CBC. Uh, you can find it there. Search something in the air. Also, somethingintheair.ca for more information about the film and how it's going to live uh, beyond the, 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 the theater and the, the TV screen and, and, and make its way into schools and, and different places in Canada and hopefully around the globe. Don't forget davidpecklive.com for more information about my writing and speaking. You can, can 
in touch with me there. Uh, and if you want to get behind what I'm doing here on Face to Face, you can do that through Patreon.com. You can you can support us financially. Would love that. Also, if you can't do that, which I totally get, a, a review on iTunes or Spotify or something along those lines would sure be appreciated by me and and I think my listeners. And also, if you're interested in advertising with us, please do. We've got a great presence online. We can we can increase your brand presence. We can we can talk about uh, the social digital geo targeted reach. I'm not sure what that means actually, but we can look into it and um, we we can help out. We've got over a million downloads now and 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 the podcast is growing. And don't forget rabble.ca. Uh, more information there. Uh, writers, bloggers, podcasters, check it out. And coming right up, Leif Calder talking about his new film, important uh, new and engaging new film, Something in the Air. Well, welcome to Face to Face. We're joined by another very special guest uh, with us today. He is a filmmaker, a storyteller, a documentarian. He's here uh, with us today to talk about his new film, Something in the Air. Leif Calder uh, is joining us from some somewhere kind of west of Toronto. Uh, I don't know where it is, but he, he can help us out with that. Leif, thanks for, thanks for your time today. It's Winnipeg, it's but win- it's almost spring. It's Winnipeg. It's actually going to start thawing soon. You sounded so, like your your tone of voice. You sort of just dropped there off the edge. Is is that because of how cold it is and how much snow you have? It's <coughs> sorry. It's like that. It's been a pretty uh, nasty winter here. Uh, when when it's twenty degrees in London, that means we've got the polar vortex things happening. But, but we're almost done, and you know houses are cheap. So right, <laughs> pros 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 and cons for sure. <laughs> Uh, without a doubt, and and hopefully pretty good air quality. Yeah, the air quality in Winnipeg uh, is is quite good. Actually, across Canada, it's quite good, but yeah, Winnipeg especially. But the reason we kind of fell into this is because our office was on a really busy street corner they call Confusion Corner, and we were surrounded by four lanes of traffic in, on both sides for three or four hours every day during rush hour and rush minute in Winnipeg, and kind of wondering, I wonder if that's bad. You know, and we were there for a couple of years, and every once in a while we go, you know, good thing the windows don't open onto the street, but I wonder if that, you know, how bad that is. We're, we, I wonder if any of that's making it into our space. And we didn't really know. We're documentary, you know, documentary filmmakers, and we still had no way of knowing. So then we started to kind of look into air quality, and that opened up a whole um, field. We really didn't understand where it was at and how much new science was coming out. The more we saw it, the more we went, oh, we should... Well, it's re- you know what's really interesting about that is it's just amazing what one one thoughtful question can lead to, right? Yeah. Um, so. I, before we get into the film and, and, and air quality and all things air quality, tell me why Confusion Corner was that the actual name of this, or it just that's that's worth that. It? That's actually what they. It's literally called Confusion Corner in Winnipeg because they've got streets coming in from several different angles, and they've built a really bizarre and Byzantine complex way to kind of route the traffic around, like there's one, two, three, six roads kind of coming in and out of this one little circular area. So it's, it's, it is confusing, so, and it, it does tend to back up. So the film is about the drunken demographer who designed Winnipeg, basically, is what... Is that your, is that your next full-length full feature you're working on currently? That's the next one, although I think at this point it's, it's based on old horse trails. That <laughs> That's they just right. So, tell, so, so, so CBC, uh, people can find this film, Something in the Air, Nature of Things. It's, it's, it's going to be international. It's, it's around. It's, it's going to be on air for years to come. So uh, just premiered recently uh, on CBC, The Nature of Things. Um, tell, tell, me, tell, tell us a little bit about Zoot Pictures as well. You're a principal there. Yeah, myself and uh, my wife, Leslie Mayer, we're kind of a creative team. So generally, we share 
some of the, she does the producing, we share the writing. I mostly direct, but on some films we've done, uh, we've actually switched those around. So, um, but we've been doing this for 20 years, and we do lifestyle programming, and we've uh, just done a sci-fi series as well. So we're a uh, little bit of everything, but mm. mostly we focus on on doing documentaries and reality-based um, programming. That's kind of our our main area. And for my regular listeners, they'll know that I interviewed Leslie. Boy, I'm going to say 18 months ago on on, on her film Lo- Losing Our Religion. Yeah, that was she directed that one, and it was a great film. And uh, yeah, it also has gotten a really good response, and and had some really wonderful feedback of people who said, you know, I I, I saw your film, and so I actually decided to come clean. And, mm. and uh, yeah, and anything that get anything live. Yeah, that's yeah, that's amazing. That's got to be pretty affirming as a filmmaker, as a storyteller. Um, it is, and, and that's why this this topic too. This yeah. is the best topic, kind of topic for a documentary, and the absolute worst because it's a topic that people don't really understand what's going on with air quality and how it affects us. It's the way you can inform people, maybe make change in the world, certainly help people change their lives and live longer and better lives. And it's about air and things that are invisible in the air and things that have long-term effects and affect you, you know, generally over the long term, which is really boring and complex. So on one hand, it's a great topic. On the other hand, trying to deal with how do we show air as being, you know, dangerous or potentially harmful or something you want to even think about was a pretty big challenge. Well, which is really interesting that you say, so how do we show air? It's fascinating because you show it really well. And by the way, congratulations. I mean, I, 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 oh, I, lo- I love the film. And I mean, I'm no scientist, but I loved it. I loved it because I learned a ton, but also because for me, it just raises so many other questions and the, the, the connections to things like extreme poverty and environmentalism and, and, and uh, fossil fuels and, and all these things, these choices. I mean, really, this is a film about choice, it seems to me. But but I love how right out of the gate, you know, you, you, you call it, or somebody calls it the invisible threat. Maybe it's David Suzuki. But, but that's how you show air. You, 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 yeah. It's, it's, it, and you know what's so beautiful, Leif, is it, 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 it's, the, it's a metaphor for so many other things, too, right? That, 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 that can and do have an impact on us that we just, we just don't see, right? It's no, like... The it's, boiling. Yeah, the boiling pot. It's like it's like Edgar. What's Edgar Allan Poe's purloined letter? Right, it's right there in front of you, but you just can't see it. Yeah, no, that's and that 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 really is is uh, why it's it's so under the radar. And what was surprising about making the film is is how some places do get it. Like China, it's really front of mind, even mm-hmm. though they've got mm-hmm. a long way to go before they can make air actually safe again. But it, there's a lot of places where even in India, it really wasn't that big a deal even though it's killing like 7,000 people a day in the country you but know, it wasn't that, masks that, it wasn't you know it wasn't the the expats it's the topic of conversation but you talk to people in the street I talked to my cab driver going in and you know there's smog and he said oh no no it's just just fog it's just it's fog brown. Right? fog's not brown dude um but yeah so that's that's what was what was really another really interesting thing about this is okay just how it, it, and help me out here. Help me out here. So we breathe twenty eight thousand twenty eight thousand breaths a day and okay. and approximately twenty million particles every time we breathe are inhaled into our lungs. Is that right? It depends where you are. Depends in a where clean you are. room it's four or five million of these little particles. If you get outside on a busy street it's about twenty million particles. 
if you're in New Delhi this week, it's about 200 million well, particles. So, so I guess, the re- Leif, the reason I asked the question is, so your tuk-tuk driver, your cab driver in Mumbai, it, it's not just fog. <laughs> right? No, it's not fog. It's not fog. And actually, it, it's, 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 it's bad just the ambient air. Mm. And then when you get in traffic, which is huge, it's, it's even worse. So um, once we started talking with the, the health effects with the experts and really had a sense of how it affects you, then just it, it suddenly every, it became really, really a lot more um, worrisome. And, and it gave you a lot more pause when you see how people are living their lives. It's, you know, like the you want to just rush out and shake people. Don't do that. Yeah, don't do that. Yeah. Uh, like, um, you know, like several billion people shake them and say, don't do that. But, so, but so, it's, uh, um, it's, it's a lot. There's a lot more health impacts than, than even we thought or realized. Well, it must be pretty fascinating to start a project like this, to have a sense for where it's going, to to have a, I don't know if you storyboard a film like this, but you you write it, you have your scenes and your shot list, I would imagine, and then I would think you would re, you would reveal things and go, wow, I had no idea we need to go down that, that route, that path. Yeah, you always do, as Leslie says. You write it three times. You write it once when you, you, you know, pitch it, this is what we see the story as, you write it once before you go out when you've done all your research and then when you look at it once you've gone through the process you've got so much more new information you have to kind of start all over and, and fix it again and there was lots of that um, and actually one of the, the real things that was different about this show than all the other shows I've done was more than once um, I would be sitting in a, in a space with the people I was working with and it was really really uncomfortable as the penny dropped and so when we were in India uh, because it's a long ways away. We have our crew here we use all the time, but it was just too far. So I picked up a local crew. Mm-hmm. Great, really talented, really experienced, um, wonderful people. Took me out for you know local breakfasts and lunches in little spots you'd never find in New Delhi, that kind of stuff. It was just great. And then we went to interview a fellow named Dr. Kumar, who's mm-hmm. in the show. I want to talk, and, I want to talk about Dr. Kumar, yeah. Yeah, so, uh, you know, and the crew's there, and so we, we got in, we interviewed Dr. Kumar, and, and there's some pieces in that, in that interview we just couldn't make fit in the show and one of them is he talks about the ambient air quality in Delhi on average is equivalent to smoking between 12 and 14 cigarettes every day and he did this piece where he says so every child in my city the very first day you have a newborn baby and it goes home and it's trying to figure out how to use its lungs to breathe it smokes 14 cigarettes and every day after that and every day after that. It's my, it's, so it's, it's that's my, why you see in, in 15 and 20 years, like half the children um, have compromised lung damage by the time they're in, in middle school. He says it's just it's a tsunami that's coming, and it's just going to create havoc in, in this country. And, and, and I can see it coming, but other people just don't seem to get how big this is going to be. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a global crisis, as, as, as David Suzuki points out near, near the beginning of the yeah. film. Dr. Yeah, so, so after we did this interview, mm-hmm. then the crew, we all went downstairs, and there was a lunch counter there. We all sat around and had lunch, and nobody said a word. Like all mm-hmm. the bubbly and fray, you know, your experiences, my experiences, all that would. They were just, it was, like, it was like being in a room with four or five people that had just suddenly had somebody tell them that their family all had a deadly disease. Wow. And it was. Yeah, they were all just going, holy crap, I live here. My I, kids are here. Right. I had no idea 
what do I do? I had do no I idea how, how bad it was. Well, this is the beginning of changing that conversation, right, and getting people to think about things in a new way. And I think what's beautiful, too, about your film, by the way, and I love the way you 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 show us how extreme, how how, how much of a crisis it really is, but, but we do wind up kind of with opportunities to, to make some new choices, to try some things that, that, that actually might might help. Dr. Kumar is fascinating. I, I love that portion of the film because um, at one point uh, he, he says it's rare to see pink lungs anymore. I mean, this is a doctor who's, who's doing surgery on people's lungs. I mean, this is, uh, you've, you've, already, you've already let us uh, in on the, uh, the, the infant smokers, but he says, isn't it the direct quote, there are no non-smokers in India? No, he says he, he almost never sees healthy lungs yeah. anymore in anyone. Yeah. And he says it, yeah. t- you know, it takes 20 years to develop lung cancer, so we're seeing 20-year-olds starting to show up right. non-smokers with lung cancer. And, and that, you know, there's been air pollution, there's London fog and smog and industrialization, but this is a lot of it, uh, there they have smoke and crop burning and other things that exacerbate it, but a lot of it is, is especially in urban centers, is based on traffic and so much mm. more traffic mm. than there ever used to be. So this is, is fairly new. The science is quite new, but even just it's the last 20 years that it's been so bad um, consistently, at least in, in that part of the world, that they're really starting to see it come home. So Do you think, was it, was it ignored by the scientific community just because of its invisibility and because people didn't see it as being much of an issue? I mean, when you go back through the history of science, you know, you know, malaria, for instance, they thought putting a, a cup of water or a bucket of water in the room would help take the malaria out of the air, when in actual fact it created a breeding ground for mosquitoes. You know, yeah, I mean, really. think, you know, is is it kind of like that? Or or is it just well, that we just, somebody wasn't taking the time to look closer? Well, they've known that air pollution uh, in all forms affects, you know, your lungs and, and also that it affects heart disease right. um, significantly. So they've been studying it for, for a couple of decades. Um, but it's it's never been so prevalent and such a huge swath of the population uh, at such a level. Like in the last 20, 30 years, you've suddenly got more than 2 billion people in Asia that are exposed to these levels that just haven't been quite the same composition and the same levels as before. So it, the effects are long-term, so they are starting to come in, and they have been working on it. But also they're finding out now um, a lot of things they didn't know about air pollution. Mm-hmm. And the one that we focused in on, which is a huge choice, because there's like, gases, there's ozone, sure, and sure. nitrous oxide, and sulfur dioxide, and all this other stuff. But the big one is these, these, there's particles in the air that they've been able to measure, and you know, they know that they affect your lungs and how you breathe, and they, that they get stuck in the sides of your lungs, and then your lungs start getting scarred. But now they found just quite recently these ultrafine particles. Like they're so much smaller that they've just been able to now actually measure them. Because before you would take a sample of air and you would weigh the particles and you'd kind of filter them and go, oh, these really small ones weigh that much. These are so small, they weigh nothing. I mean, you can fit literally tens of thousands of them on the end of a human hair cut crosswise. Right. Is is nanoparticle the same thing as ultrafine? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, got it. Nanoparticles, they're, 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 it's (laughs) trying to figure out how to explain how tiny they are. But, but, you know, at the bottom of your lungs, way down deep, there's all these twists and turns and systems to trap stuff. That's why you cough up gunk when, you know, you're in a dusty room and, you know, your nose gets plugged up and stuff. Sure. But all these systems help filter these things out, but they're so tiny that they go all the way down to the very bottom of your lungs. And when your lungs at the very end are exchanging oxygen and carbon dioxide, that's their function, right? 
take in good oxygen and change it for carbon dioxide and you exhale carbon dioxide. Well, these can actually go through the membranes of your lungs while that's happening. They're so small. That's new. So now they're, they're realizing that they can travel to every organ. They can get into uh, the placenta. So if you've got an unborn, you know, if you're pregnant, mm. these particles can actually be um, affecting your unborn child. And then the big one is that they're finding that they're making their way into the brain. And yeah, t- t- tell me a little bit more about that. Ep- scary, ep- scary, scary one. Absolutely. The, um, the epigenetic uh, changes that are, that are occurring. You have a couple of specialists, a couple of doctors, and a few people who are doing some research on this. And I think that's a, and dementia, frankly, um, there's some fascinating statistics there. Yeah. Well, the, the one we did in, at the UBC, they, they, because it's human exposure, you can only do very short exposures. Mm. Um, but they found that within two hours of breathing, um, and they say, you know, quote, Delhi level, or sorry, uh, um, uh, Beijing level air right, pollution, right. that uh, it does start to dampen the, uh, the genes being turned on and off in your DNA. It does affect how they operate. And that reverses and goes away after you've been out and cleaning, breathing clean air for a week. But if you're in a place where that is constant, they have, they're just going, we don't even know what that means. Like, how does that change how your genes express and how that affects everything in your system, like this is all brand new. And so there is a lot of new science like that. But the, the big one is we went to Lancaster University and met with um, an expert there who is uh, looking at uh, metallic samples mm-hmm. in, in, in brain tissue. And this comes back to the, uh, the story of the, the dogs in Mexico City. Right, is, right. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, the, 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 to give the quick rundown, when Mexico City was horribly polluted, and still not good, but it's not as bad as it used to be when it was the worst city in the world, but they started noticing dogs exhibiting symptoms of dementia. Dogs were not recognizing their owners, they were being confused, and so they started looking and doing autopsies on the dogs when their lives were done in their brains, and they found lesions like um, Alzheimer's or, or dementia lesions in the brains of dogs and also in their nose tissues, which is really strange because dogs don't live very long. You know, usually Alzheimer's takes a long time to develop, right, and right. Dogs, dogs don't get it. So then they started looking at children and uh, and young people in Mexico City that had been killed in traffic accidents, and and so they took a sample of brain tissue and sent it to this this expert who measures metallic particles in the brain to see if if uh, if what was happening with these human brains as opposed to, to dog brains. And this is where it gets a bit tricky, and it was really hard to explain in the film, because our brains actually make tiny little bits of, of magnetic iron called magnetite naturally. So as you grow older, your brain builds up this bank of tiny little pieces of, of metal, and they have no idea why. Mm-hmm. They think it might be a leftover from, like, like pigeons use it for homing to figure out how to, you know, to, to move around. It's a directional thing. But it just does, and it, it doesn't seem to affect us unless you're a patient with a lot of uh, dementia or Alzheimer's symptoms, then your brains have a lot more metal in them than a regular pe- person's. So that's one way they measure, oh, does this person, did they have dementia? So they were, they were looking for that. They were measuring how much metal is in these brains, and they found that um, in patients in England that they used for a control, the older you got, the more metal your brains had, and, and it kind of built up consistently. But in Mexico City, it started incredibly young. Mm. Like three-year-old children had metal in their brains that shouldn't. And the, the brain with the most metal in it was a 32-year-old person, young man. So they're going, this shouldn't happen. It can't be happening naturally. So then they took a look at the, the, the whole process of um, dogs and, and, and their noses and that sort of thing and realized that 
these ultrafine particles are so small that when you smell that air pollution in the air and they're, they're bumping up against your olfactory nerves, they can actually wind their way through the nerves because it's just a big porous mass of nerve tissue and end up actually in your brain. And so, so that was a big discovery that... that it truly is wild, truly mind-boggling. So folks you see walking on the street wearing wearing sort of what I would call a dust mask are maybe not as crazy as we might have thought a few years ago. Not at all. I mean, and again, masks are effective if they really fit well and that sort right. of thing. But yeah, no, and that's and I, I had a mask, and when I started, when I realized kind of how it all worked, you know, when I was in the worst places or standing over roadway traffic, yeah, I'm only there for a day or a couple of hours. I'm wearing the mask because it gets any, into your brain. Any, any shots of you in a hazmat suit? Like, did you take it to that extreme, Leif? I didn't, although there's, there, uh, <laughs> there are, uh, it's a shot of me wearing, uh, you know, masks uh, out with my crew in, in really bad spaces. Uh, no, I but bet. that was the really big thing, is, was that it, it, it seems that it, the particles are, can actually get into the brain. What's astounding is that they've actually developed medicines that use that channel, because hmm. the, the olfactory nerve is the only way to access the brain. There's something called the blood-brain barrier that keeps the brain clean from even anything that's in your bloodstream, right? It, it, it keeps your brain really pristine. And the nose is the only place where there isn't that sort of barrier. Mm-hmm. So they've developed medical uh, medicines that you can take that actually go trickle through your the nerves in your nose to get into your brain and, and deliver it's, a, it's, a medicine. It's, it's, so it's, nobody really kind of correlated. I wonder if that could be happening with right. little tiny particles of air pollution, but apparently it is. Well, and these are these are things, as you say, you know, th- that we're going to have to start take, paying more attention to, and hopefully we are, and films like these are being made, and books are going to be written, and more studies are, are going to happen, because I think at one point, uh, um, isn't is it the stat something to the effect of current current knowledge now, if you live... Uh, within 50 meters of a fairly like confusion corner in Winnipeg, let's say, or at least uh, within uh, 50 meters of a fairly significant sized road with a lot of traffic, you have a 7% increased chance of getting dementia. Is that right? Yeah, that stat actually came from a study of 6 million Ontario residents. There you go. And actually, if it's in within 50 meters of a roadway, it's between 7 and 12%, depending on um, a number of different factors, your age and how long you've been there and that sort of thing. So that that's that's a pretty significant number, and then in Los Angeles, and also that that it takes 250 meters before all that air pollution right. kind of drops off. So you know, if you'd look at the the Gardner, 250 meters, that's almost to the water. That's so, right. So you know, all anybody living in that space is in some way being affected. So it, there's a lot of people that are are being affected by it. And then they did a study in Los Angeles looking at elderly women. Um, and found that uh, it doubled their chance of dementia if they were in a location that had uh, um, above what's considered safe levels of, of roadside air pollution. I found so it really, it, I found it really interesting the, 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 when you started to talk about it looked like mostly some of the, the, uh, the condo areas in, in Toronto. I'm sure there were other cities involved as well, but you talked about, and you had a researcher on Mary, and I can't remember her last name, but from U of T, I think, who studies air pollution, and she talked about hot spots. And I think yes. at one point in the film... There was a significant difference. She has interns going out with with monitors, et cetera, you know, uh, measuring air particles and so on. But the difference between one side of the street and 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 another was significant. And you would think, okay, that's just like you know, literally a stone's throw away. <laughs> um, and and yet, it might be better for your health to be walking on the other side of the road. Um, it would. Uh, and actually, that was one of the like uh, the underpasses to get uh, yes. you know from front down. That through. looked like Union Station. 
Yep, there's there's covered walkways and and or just open by the roadway, and the differences were like four or five times as much. Now, if you walk that, you know, once a week, is that really going to affect your health? Well, it it will have an impact, but it's not going to be as that much. If you've got a hot dog stand, or you're holding a sign, or you're someplace where you're in that environment a lot of the time, or you walk that way, you know, five times a day to go back and forth to work and come home for lunch and that sort of thing, then you're starting to see, okay, that's starting to really change your exposure. And it's, it's really about how much over the long term. So uh, we found a spot right next to uh, idling gravel trucks and a construction site with a big wall on one side because it's a tall buildings on the other side. And yeah, it was just, it was Beijing level trap um, mm. air pollution in that space. But literally the other side of the street, it was open and there's a little bit more of a breeze and it kind of blew away some of that diesel and dust and things, and it was much, much lower. I think, um, so again, didn't it's really hard to say without having the, these equipment and these, these mm. uh, people going out monitoring, trying to find out where are these really bad spots, and how do you avoid them, and, and how, how do you avoid, avoid them? you know, she talked working about the, living the, in them. The, she talked about the urban canyon effect, which is kind of what you just sort of described, right? Yeah. So, and actually, when in London, there's a street that, that uh, is notorious for eclipsing London's safe air standards. There's an annual sort of limit, and this Putney High Street eclipsed it the very first week of 2017 and 2018. So we wanted to go see what it was like, and it's a really high-end, expensive, great shops, but it's old London, so there's really tall buildings, narrow streets, there's no hardly any side streets, and there's great big diesel trucks running stuff back and forth. So that's it. There's just nowhere for the air to go. And even though you can't see it, it just every truck adds a little bit more and a little yeah. bit more and a little bit more until it's just a wall of well, air pollution that's invisible. Well, I, want to, I definitely want to get to this before we wrap up the interview. And, 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 and as is per the, usually the case, the interviews are always too short for me. We just, I just feel like we get started and we just barely scratch the surface. But that's kind of uh, what this film is about to me. I mean, it's about the little things. It's about incrementalism. It's about making some of those informed, intentional choices to say, you know what, I can live a better life and I'm actually going to try to make this a better world by maybe not driving as often as I can, as David Suzuki points out, that this is connected to fossil fuels in a huge way. That's not the only, uh, you know, concern, but, 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 you know, there, there are other choices we can make as well. And I want to talk about the, the park and the bike and about the 66% reduction <laughs> in just two minutes. However, before we get there, as you were talking about that high-end part of London, um, it just made me think back to, to Dr. Kumar in, in, in India, and, and, and I'm pretty sure he said that air is the big equalizer. Can you talk about that a little bit? Well, basically, that, that, that um, and where he is, I mean, it's all of, of India and all of New Delhi has, has these levels of air. It's just worse when you're near traffic. But everybody breathes the same air, mm. right? And everybody mm. is operating in the same city, even if there are hot spots. Mm. So you can have, you know, organic food and you can have a water bottle with, with you, know, just, you know, nice clean water wherever you go, but we all have to breathe the same air. And so it really does come down to, and it's a, and the problem is there's so much they're just learning, but also it is a big term thing. You yeah. can help by not driving. You can help by and biking and walking and exercise help your health as well as, um, as well as the environment. But also, like when I pick up my rent a car, there's this poor guy in a booth at the airport taking your and you know checking your your thing as you leave, and everybody's cars are idling in front of his booth right. all day long. I just, you know, and every, I always say, do you know that this is bad for you? You should ask, <laughs> um, you know, because it's not on his radar. 
there is no standard for diesel fumes. There's standard for sound. You right. know, the people out the road are taking in airplanes and stuff in the airport. You know, they've got the headphones because there's a decibel level. There's no level for safe levels of diesel exhaust. It just doesn't exist yet. So it's really just starting to get everybody thinking about, hey, this is not good for us. What are we mm. going to do about it? Mm. Just start, you know, it's like smoking used to be. 60% of the population smoked. Then we realized how bad it was, and we changed things. What's the well, line? That's kind of where air pollution is now. Yeah. It's Again, it's just starting to come home, and we're starting to realize how bad it is and how it does affect us. The, the phrase recently I've heard a few times, physiotherapists, different people, sitting is the new smoking. It sounds to me like breathing is the new smoking. Well, depending on where you are, yeah. yes, it is. It's fascinating. Yeah. I saw I saw a surgeon many years ago, and I was uh, uh, smoking at the time, and not 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 heavy by any means. And he said, "Listen, David, living in Toronto, it's about the same thing as smoking, you know, five or six cigarettes a day." And I remember that specifically because it was as if this, you know, this doctor, this educated man, this specialist was giving me license to, you know, keep doing something that was bad for me. You, you know what I mean? It's just, yeah. and I couldn't help but smile when when Dr. Kumara said that. I mean, this is a this is a this is a global crisis, you know. And 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 what are the implications in, environmentally? I love that you wrap up with, you know, um, yes, it's a bit of a mess, uh, but. We're moving in the right direction, and 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 that you can make some decision decisions. You can sort of uh, take by the take the bike by the handlebars, as it were, and and you do this test, uh, or you follow this test that's being done. I think it's in Toronto. I'm not sure. It might have been L.A., but you show that because this person was monitored and monitored wisely and well, that the particle levels went down from 34,000 to 11,000 just because of a change by a few kilometers in their bike route. Yeah, that was uh, that was in Toronto. Fascinating. Yep, and that's going through uh, Trinity Bellwoods Park. Okay, we're at like eight in the morning. I mean, it looks clean and perfect, and there's a playground and kids are playing. But all of that exhaust that's built up from cars being stopped and going, stopping and going, has eventually built up so that it flows over and it literally covers the whole park. So with a monitor, you can see that. You know, an hour and a half later, nine thirty or so, it's starting to dissipate. The levels are a lot less. And so by going a little later and taking a little different route, you can really change um, the amount of air pollution that he breathes. And that's where he gets most of the air pollution he breathes, right? Bicycling to work and back every day. So just understanding those factors um, and also being able to go and, and maybe to, to people that have the daycare there going, 8 o'clock, you, you should take an air monitor and just mm. you know have somebody check because this is actually a bad time for the kids to be out and it might be better to schedule it differently. And so that's that's the kind of thing where we're hoping these conversations will start to get people just thinking about it. Don't idle when you're picking up your kids, because it's not good for their health. Well, even you know? even to the point of talking about incrementalism and, and little things making a big difference, but the 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 difference in recirculating the air with the air conditioner on versus um, you know bringing air in from the outside, or or and I, I just again I smiled and as the doctor was talking about that the decision between. You know, maybe maybe it's easier to keep just to roll your windows down, but you know what? That might not be the best call. No, no, really. If you haven't seen the show, uh, one of the biggest takeaways is uh, having your car on air conditioning and on recirculate, whether it's hot or cool, is is makes a huge difference in traffic. It's and so, uh, even when I get in a cab now, I, you know, I really annoy everybody I get in a cab with. Can you roll up the windows and <laughs> turn on recirculate, please? You know, we're stuck in traffic. It's the 401. We're That's stopped. Awesome. I don't want your window open. Thank you. But it, it went from like 10 particles 
per you know million, which is, which is how they measure it. But it went from 10 to 30, so it went three times as high by taking it off recirculate, and then by opening the windows on the LA freeway, it went from 30 to 300, which is like being in one of the worst cities in in, in Asia, um, just from from having the window open to let in what looks like, you know, fresh air. And it doesn't smell like diesel exhaust. It, it just kind of smells, you know, kind of uh, metallic-y, kind of traffic-y. But it's, it's not. It's really, really deadly. So that was, that was really one of the, the surprising holy crap moments when, when it, it was that huge right. a difference just from making such a small change in how you drive. Um, uh, any smokers on the crew who are now non-smokers? <laughs> no, no. Um, uh, we travel a lot, so generally uh, most of our crew aren't smokers anyways. Um, I think actually there was uh, there was uh, one sound guy, but right. um, but again, you know that's that's a totally different thing. So oh, it, it it is. It's just it's, and I love the way you bring an octopus into the film as well. I mean, how fascinating is that? Um, <laughs> What just as we wrap up, and and I hate the fact that we've got to end our conversation because it's I'm loving every minute of it. There's so much going on here. Way more. I mean, as with any great film, any great story, any great piece of art, there's so much more going on than meets the eye. It seems to me, and it really this is about you know uh, uh, what's what's just below the surface and 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 how significant it really is. So, a couple questions. Did did you have any other ideas for titles? Because titles are so you know as I was making notes, hot spots. I mean, certain phrases sort of came up that I thought, you know, Invisible Threat could have been a great title as well. But I just wondered about that because I wondered about how your thinking might have changed along the way. And then maybe the last question, and I'm going to toss it out there now. And Is this a political problem? Is is this a, uh, you know, are there other things at play here? Is it a, is it an economic issue? Uh, or is it just raising the, the alarm bell, you know, waving the flag as vigorously as we can for the next, say, 10 or 20 years before things are going to change? Well, uh, we did contemplate Airpocalypse as a title. We actually, we well, that's awesome. Airpocalypse. Yeah, well, actually, we, we actually kind of did an informal survey among friends, but um, that's a term that's been used to describe sort of, you know, India during right. Dalawi right. when they're setting off firecrackers. Yeah, and, makes sense. And, and, and they've had to actually, it goes off to scale. They can't even measure how bad the air is. Wow. Like people flee and people die because of the bad air and that kind of thing. So that was that was one of the titles. Um, but something in the air just kind of seemed to, to, to give a little better sense of, of mm-hmm. how it's it's still, we're not, you know, we just don't get it. There's something there, but we're not really sure. Yeah. Um, and people don't really have it on their radar yet. So that's what we're hoping the film will do. Um, and uh, it is a political problem um, because, uh, you know, right now it's just, it's not really as that much of an issue. Mm. Um, there's a lot of pushback on, on global warming from, yeah, sure. uh, you know, the fossil fuel industry. And this ties into that. It's just, it's not a big enough issue that there's been any pushback, but I'm certain that there will be. Uh, because it is it is exhaust fumes that are not all but a, a big chunk of this air pollution. Like Ontario's air, since they shut down the coal plants, is mm. much 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 better. Um, you know, and in uh, in New Delhi, they're really working at shutting down coal plants, um, not letting diesel trucks in during the day. They switched all of their cars, all of their little tuk tuk cabs now run on natural gas, which is better for greenhouse gases and for emissions. But they add fourteen hundred cars a day. To the city, so mm, it, it, just, wow. it, it doesn't matter. So, yep, I think it will be uh, more of a political issue. We actually had a researcher in Mexico City who did not want to go on camera 
because she said um, there's a, a lot of pushback talking about air pollution and fossil fuels, and I'm concerned about uh, the safety of, of myself and, and wow. the people who are talking about it. It's it's not an issue we want to discuss openly, which is I've never run into as well. So, um, you know, it's it's it does tie into a very 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 large industry that we're all trying to kind of nudge towards <laughs> being sure, a greener sure, world. Sure. But this is just one more really poignant reason. This is a lot more personal. Yeah. You know, global warming, it's kind of hard for people to get their head wrapped around ocean levels and polar bears are struggling and this, that, and the other thing. Your kids are going to have brain damage if you don't stop the, well, the, the air pollution problem. You may end up having dementia and starting sure. to notice that you can't remember things if you're in a polluted area. And we've proven that this is an effect. So we really need to start talking about air pollution, not because it's a global issue, because it'll affect you. And literally everybody in Canada, there is nobody that this does not affect. Maybe it won't affect your health enough that you'll notice it over your lifetime, but it is affecting your health. So my wife, my wife Elizabeth, uh, suffers from asthma. Looks like maybe my daughter as well, Victoria. Canada, highest rate of asthma in the world, as you guys point out. Number one reason why kids end up in the hospital. It's just, it's kind of mind-boggling. Yeah. And I, oh, by the way, uh, on a, I think, and maybe we can wrap it up on a po- positive note. I love the way Matthew, the young guy that you bring into the story at the beginning, is wearing a T-shirt that says "Can't be beat" on it. I mean, that's just. <laughs> to me, that's just perfect in every possible way. Yeah. No, he was great, and he was just, you know, so up on it. Yeah. And now that he's found a place where the air is better, yep. you know, he's kind of got his life back. And I think that's kind of a bit of a – that's why we rolled him into the story is it's a bit of a metaphor for our planet. Sure. We can get back where the air is cleaner. Uh, we all kind of get our lives back. It's, nice. it's wonderful. Uh, Leif Calder talking about his new film, Something in the Air. Uh, Leif, tell us, it's uh, it's on CBC. It's going to air in a pile of different places over the next little while. Um, but also, uh, folks, and I'll, and I'll make sure we get this out uh, in a variety of ways, but somethinginthear.ca. Uh, I think you can watch at least the trailer there, and there's a pile of resources there, too. Uh, where can people see the film tonight if they want to, Leif? Oh, it's it's on the GEM, G-E-M, player on CBC. So if you just Google something in the air on CBC, it'll it'll probably right. take you to the player, uh, which, and it's available anytime. And yeah, the website we've got um, has information and resources and news if you want to know what the air quality is in your city or how air quality works. Oh, that's amazing. Uh, there's, you know, some apps. There's a great little app called Shoot, I Smoke, and it'll tell you, depending on what city you are, how many cigarettes you've smoked. <laughs> you've smoked that day. So if Lovely. you put in, you know, one of the really bad cities, it'll tell you what the air is like, it, you know, smoking two cigarettes or ten or whatever. Wow. So that's kind of fun. Wow, kind Freaky of fun, fun and pretty darn practical. Uh, thanks yeah. so much for your time talking with Leif Calder today about his new film, Something in the Air. Thanks, Leif. No problem. Thanks for having me on. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods 
for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. 